Hello, I'm Bogue Williams, your host for Taboo Talk, the podcast brought to you by Boots that ask the taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. This week, we're taking a trip down memory lane and revisiting some of the best moments from series one. First up, everyone on the Taboo Talk team would like to say a huge thank you to you, the listeners, for making series one such a big success. We really appreciate all of your feedback and hearing how our discussions resonated with so many of you. That is actually the entire point of Taboo Talk, to talk about things that are usually hushed up or ignored, making sense of these issues while also making you laugh. And that definitely struck a chord with a lot of you. I had so much fun making this series. I learned a lot, laughed a lot, and I definitely gasped a lot. And I'll be honest, some of the chats we had uh, did take me out of my comfort zone. But that's always a good thing. And that's what Taboo Talk is all about. It's about breaking taboos, debunking myths, and saying the unsayable, and ultimately about feeling seen. This episode is going to recap on some of the moments I found best summed up the spirit of the series, the educational bits, the emotional bits, and the entertaining bits. And if you haven't listened to all of the episodes from Series 1 yet, we hope this inspires you to seek them out. Also, at the end of this episode, listen out for a sneak preview of Series 2. We couldn't be more excited about what's to come. We have some amazing guests lined up who'll be tackling even more taboo topics. So stay with us to find out more. For now, though, get yourself a cup of tea, sit down, strap in and enjoy our Taboo Talk Series 1 Best Bits episode. The first episode that aired was actually the first episode we ever recorded and it's one of my personal favourites called Worry Lines. What's it like to have anxiety? It featured a good friend of mine, Jamie Lang. I've known Jamie for years and was aware that he did suffer from anxiety but I had no idea the extent of it or the depth of his knowledge on the subject. And um, we chose to do an episode about anxiety because let's be honest, the world's mental health is not in a great way right now. And a quarter of people People living in England suffer from a mental health issue every year and the pandemic has only exasperated that. So uncertainty has become a certainty in our all of our lives and that kind of sucks. So let's talk about it, we said. Let's get it out there. Here are some of my top moments from this episode. Like no one should get annoyed about it. You should just realise that people have different reasons as to why they don't want to do that kind of stuff. Not just you being flaky. Yeah, not just me being flaky. I had a real issue. I, yeah, I had a real issue for so, so, so long. How many times where, have I asked you if you're coming to uh, Scotland? I'm so, like, are you definitely coming? <laughs> yeah, I'm coming to Scotland. I actually am coming to Scotland. I'm actually much better. Thing is also is that now, um, also I know who my friends are now, right? Yeah. So I know, so you guys, for example, I know you guys are my friends. And before I was firstly wanting to be friends with everyone and be the most popular person always and be loved by everyone and all these different things. And actually, that's just not you can't possibly do that. And I also, because of my anxiety, I was so socially anxious. It was so weird. I was the most outgoing person, most energetic person, sort of life and soul of the party. But I felt like I had to do that all the time, which made me so socially anxious. So going for a one on one lunch with a friend would be too intimate it would be too intimate, yeah. Honestly, did you ever have this where I would leave thinking it'd be like an Uber rating? I'd ask for, like, <laughs> honestly, I would need a rating of how like good it was. Like, was I like a 7 out of 10 there or was I a 6? I think that joke was funny and that landed, so that probably gave me another half a point. Like, honestly, like that... It's, Even it's, with, like, with, like, us, not with us. No, you not with you that. guys. No, not with you guys. 
that is the moment that my life changed. I swear to God, I still go that bloody panic attack. If I had never had that panic attack. And the problem was, is I had that panic attack. And then I went into sort of GAD, so general anxiety disorder for about six months Right, yeah. which is where I was a really outgoing person and I became like a recluse. I went to the cinema with Spen. He will remember this. I went to the cinema with him. We were watching Captain America and it was too many people that I had to leave and I couldn't tell anyone about it. So I didn't tell anyone, never told anyone. And for six months, I was in a horrendous place trying to do main Chelsea, trying to put on this face, but had been in panic mode the entire time. And I was in the shower at this one point and I finally said out loud to myself, what is wrong with me? Finally, I went to a psychotherapist and the psychotherapist analyzed me and I spoke to him for about an hour and a half. And he said, Jamie, you've got something called depersonalization. And I said, what's that? And he said, well, you get it when you've had severe depression, you get it when you have PTSD, extreme stress or severe anxiety. And from what it looks like, you've had it from severe anxiety. So I went, okay. And he said, but also you can get it when you have psychosis. So yeah. me being this anxious person, when you're anxious, you worry about the things. I immediately went to the, the ultimate thing. So I said, well, I'm going mad. That's what's happened. I'm losing my mind. So then for the next six months, this fog-like thing didn't disappear. So I was stuck in this depersonalization state for six months. Episode two was called Gut Instinct, What's Your Stomach Trying to Tell You? and featured Lisa and Alana McFarlane, a.k.a. the Mac Twins, and rugby icon Johnny Wilkinson. Gut health is a relatively young science, but it's an incredibly important one because it turns out the gut has a massive influence on pretty much every aspect of our health. And it's for that very reason that the Mac Twins founded The Gut Stuff, a hub of investigations, knowledge and information on all things gut-related. Johnny Wilkinson felt the same and his interest in gut health ended up with him creating an entirely new business. And here are some of the top moments from that episode. I actually think it comes down to not really understanding what our guts are. I know initially we thought it was just our stomachs and people do automatically think of poo when you say the word gut. But actually, when we talk about gut health, a lot of the time we're actually talking about our microbiome, which is such an exciting field of research. And, you know, it's fascinating and linked to so many different health outcomes. So I actually think it comes down to exactly the same as what we had in our naivety. People just don't know what their gut is or what gut health relates to. And I think it's more around the sort of miseducation rather than what it physically is. Our bodies can't tell between stress and perceived stress. So back in the day when we were like primitive cavemen, it was pretty simple. Like a boar was chasing you, that would probably stress you out. You should probably run. And then you'd go back to the cave and your body would go into rest and digest mode. Now we are on our phones with perceived stress that somebody on Instagram doesn't like us or we're running with a sandwich to get the bus. And we expect our bodies to be ready to go into that mode and to go into um, digestion when it thinks it's a boar chase because it's got a boar chase in it. <laughs> I mean, the worst place you can stand near in a rugby change room is the toilet. And a lot of teams, what they used to do, I don't know if they still do it in my time, but in mine, the away changing room was hilarious. The away changing room would have one toilet, they'd automatically remove the lock from the door, so the door lock's gone. They'd put it right next to a tiny little space where the physio bed is. So anyone getting treatment, it's right next to the... But all of these things deliberate. <laughs> It 
really big thing for me is that people are treating their bodies like machines that you feed instead of understanding that what you're putting into your body is also making your body. The body's regenerating itself the whole time out of what you essentially eat. And you've got your microbiome, which is so individual. And that's the way that what that eats and how you're balancing that out with your variation in your diet and all this kind of stuff. It's just not quite linked to performance because when I was playing, I couldn't give a toss about this. What does having a baby really do to your body? That was the question we tackled in our third episode. I was joined by mum of three, Rochelle Humes, and first-time mum, Ashley James, for a no-holds-barred chat about everything from leaky bladders to leaky boobs. Very nice. Right now, I'm actually pregnant with my third child. So listening to this again is going to be a completely different experience for me than recording it was. And actually, I forgot about a lot of the things that happen. However, I am feeling up for it. Uh, The episode didn't just focus on what happens to your body while pregnant and postpartum. Uh, It also touched on the mental health sides of having a baby and how seeing the changes your body is going through can affect how you feel about yourself, how the pressure for women to snap back is so damaging and how important it is to talk about all this stuff so people know that they're not alone. Um, we also discussed dealing with unsolicited advice. Oh, there's, it's, it's endless. And how to trust your mother's instinct and deal with it when your birth plan falls to pieces. Here are some of the top moments from that episode. Childbirth just blew my mind. Like, I still don't really know how I and everyone else who gives birth does it. However you do it, it's just this insane thing. Like Any other thing like that in the world would be under general anaesthetic. I wish that we're more prepared for what could happen to our bodies because I think that for me would like had the biggest toll on my mental health that I was like, oh my God, what is going on with my body? Like, I was scared to go to the loo. I was scared to like walk around because of incontinence. And I was like... I just didn't feel prepared for that because I was like, oh, maybe I'll keep my weight or maybe I won't. I can't remember the official term, but like uh, I had a rectum prolapse. I had stitches. I had piles. Um, my boobs were leaking and I had the worst. I, I don't even know if it was mastitis, but the worst rash. And so I ended up having to go to a dermatologist. And I just remember thinking like weight loss or gain or whatever it is, is the last thing on my mind right now. Like I just want my body to work. So stupidly, so they said I'm having a C-section. That So I knew I was having it the following day. So I remember going to sleep. Well, I didn't sleep. I was laid there watching Marv sleep. And I was YouTubing C-sections. Oh, no. Who does that? No. <laughs> Who does that? I just put this unnecessary, <laughs> ridiculous pressure on myself. When my mum always said to me, Rosh, you don't get a medal either way. The baby's coming out. So just go with it and it, it's fine. I feel like motherhood you're almost like given new lenses to life I felt so bad that I hadn't like supported my friends with children better they were going through all of this and I was just so oblivious and so I even like apologized to loads of my friends like I'm so sorry you must have thought I was such a bad friend go easy on yourself whether you've just had a baby or whether you're pregnant you're either a made a whole human and brought it into this world or b you're currently growing one For episode four, I was joined by Body Confidence campaigner and You've Got This founder, Lolly Drynan, as well as Dr. Brooke Vandermolen, a.k.a. the OBGYN mum, for a bloody good chat about periods. 
And this episode was one of my favourites because it properly laughed in the face of anything being taboo. Lottie's stories about why she started talking about her periods publicly and how her hormones affect her moods and her body were equal parts funny and informative. And this is one of the first episodes we recorded when I realised how completely mad it is that we don't talk about this stuff all the time. I mean, half of the world's population has periods and yet there's still a bizarre stigma attached to even like acknowledging that they happen. It's so weird. And yes, they do affect everything from our moods, energy levels, libido and weight to things like bloating and spots. It's endless. We talked about everything from menstrual cups and tampons to mortifying period related moments in our lives. And the most important aspect of this episode, though, was in discovering how key it is to learn about your own cycle. I hope you enjoy these best bits from episode four. My only thing about period, this is why I don't use pads and I don't know if you guys feel the same. I just feel a bit gross when I have it and I'm like, oh, just the thought of like having a pad. I don't want to use it. That's why I do tampons, but maybe that would be a good option actually. I tried the cup. Yeah. What did you think? I've actually, I actually ended up documenting it on Instagram because it was such a, of course, yeah, a dramatic, not like I'm ever dramatic at all, but it was a very dramatic experience. I, but you know, I, I do, I have to say, I do now love them, but oh my gosh, like at one point I was sweating, squatting on FaceTime to the girls. My husband was outside the toilet and I like had my whole hand up, like trying to get this thing out like it was intense and I literally was like two minutes away from like getting him to take it out for me like it it takes practice so I would say if you you do it and you could definitely you could try it um whilst you're not on your period so you're not having to deal with like blood the issue of blood because it's almost like it's like a suction is it you really like it's like an origami sort of thing that you get it in and it's once you've got it it's great and then it goes straight in but the first time and then trying to get it out you have to pushing my pushing your feet there's a technique basically so watch some youtube videos and just like have spencer on hand just in case because honestly it was intense he'll be thrilled (laughs) i was on the mini pill so for most of that time for most of the 13 years i hadn't had even a even a bleed Oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, what is this? And I mean, that, that was heaven, like not having a period. But actually, do you know what? It was really not. I was so excited. I was literally running around like in my period pants, like, woo! Like, what other period products can I buy? Like, part of it, I was like, how much of this is in my mind? Because I'm expecting to feel these changes. How much is actually going on? So it took a little while to actually settle down, but I found it a positive experience. Episode 5 was about all things sex, and I mean all things. Joined by Hannah Witten and Jessica Megan, two role models in the sex, body positivity and health and wellness space. We talked about everything from the magic of masturbation to orgasms or lack thereof, arousal, impotence, porn, consent, partners and STDs. We even found out what edging is. I thought this was such an important episode because when I was growing up, this stuff simply wasn't talked about, especially amongst girls. And there was still a stigma attached to girls and also women just looking for some sex advice. So thank goodness that is changing. And this conversation was such a progressive example of that. Hannah and Jessica were just really pro-sex and pro-education. They talked about learning to listen to what your body wants, to understand your own preferences, how not to be scared of finding out what turns you on and how to 
talking about all of this with your partner is super important. One of the best bits of this episode, though, was that we were able to include questions from listeners and having conducted online polls before recording, that was a really, really brilliant way of ensuring that you, the listeners, had a say. So here are the best bits from episode five. Sex is already taboo and then you've got taboos within that Um which yeah. is that kind of area, yeah. So fetishes and kinks are the, are the weird, well, not the weirdest thing, they're the hardest things for people to ask about really. Yeah, because they think that it's more taboo. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose something just a little bit more out of the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what kink is, just non-normative sexual interests and behavior. The last year and a half and just like everything that we've been through and everything we're still going through creates a level of underlying stress and trauma that actually isn't conducive to experiencing sexual desire. That is fine. Such a good point. And we have these value judgments that we place on that of like the wild horny sex at the beginning in the honeymoon phase is better than the not experiencing as much desire, not having as much sexual frequency. We think that one is better than the other when actually like our sexual desires and behaviors ebb and flow over the course of relationships, over the course of our lives, over the course of like so many different things that are going on with us. And none is better than the other. They're all just like different. And a lot of the times our thinking gets worse is what makes it think we're not performing our best sex lives. I love masturbation. I think it's one of the greatest joys of having a human body. I want everyone to be masturbating. I think there are brilliant toys you can use to get off, but you can also go like medieval and use your hand. Um, I just want people to explore their bodies because there's, like I said earlier, there's a galaxy of chemical reactions and finding what makes them tick is really good fun. Mm -hmm. And I think for women and non-binary people, especially like vulva owners, trans people, there's been a lot of shame associated with our genitals. I thought, and this is problematic in itself, when I was younger, that lube was only for older people. Yeah. And so there was like that stigma of like, if I can't get wet enough, like that's uh, like, I've got a problem. Mm -hmm. And actually that only happens in menopausal women, which in itself is an ageist problem that I possessed. But now I'm saying like, there's no shame in using lube. If you need to use lube and it makes it more comfortable for you, go for it. You know, it's fantastic. Get slippy, put a towel Get down. Get slippy. It's oh my God. Get slippy. I love that. I don't think there should be any shame surrounding the human body itself. The human body is such a natural thing and it's brilliant. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. And we have so much to thank for it. The fact that we can have orgasms is such a gift. Episode six was all about sleep. Ah, deep, restful, untroubled sleep. A mythical concept for anyone who's stressed, anxious, depressed, run down, overworked, ill, has a sleep disorder, has a terrible mattress or who has children. So that's pretty much everyone then, which is why, of course, we had to have an episode on the subject and we called it Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep When Counting Sheep Just Won't Cut It. Episode six featured a sleep therapist, Dr. Narina Ramaklan, and Sky Sports F1 and BBC presenter Natalie Pinkham. 
Natalie Pinkham spoke candidly about her experience of night terrors and sleepwalking and Dr Noreen explained why so many of us have trouble sleeping and why it matters so much. And in this episode, we really wanted to touch on some sleep issues that people don't talk about so much, like how if you're a bad sleeper, it can affect every single aspect of your life, your work, social life, family life, sex life and so on. And how it then becomes a catch-22 situation. The more fearful you are about not being able to sleep, the less likely you'll be able to drop off. And then there's the more dramatic side to it. Some people, including Natalie, actually fear falling asleep because they don't know what they'll do while they're sleeping. Maybe they'll sleepwalk, sleep talk, or even sleep eat. And Natalie's stories about night terrors and sleepwalking were kind of a mixture of fascinating, frightening, and I'll be honest, they were a little bit funny. They were... If you haven't listened to this episode yet and you don't sleep that well, please head to boots.com forward slash podcast and give the whole thing a listen. There are some simple tips about how to improve your sleep and how to view it less as a battle and more just as a biological inevitability. So here are some top moments from episode six. I don't think I have ever gone to bed and woken up the next day without an interruption ever. I've never had a full night's sleep. And I remember being a very young girl and sleepwalking and screaming out. Everybody wakes during the night. Everyone, every human being wakes on average between 10 to 15 times a night for our survival. We would be extinct as a species if we didn't wake up during the night. I travel a lot with Formula One at my day job and I've evacuated hotels, I've banged on doors, I've woken drivers up telling them that there's a fire alarm, you know, this is the, the no. night before a race. I, I, I rang down once, I rang down once in Texas and said to the lady on reception, look, you need to get everyone out because there's a flood. That's the theme. I'm always saving people. I'm trying to save people. There's a threat and I need to protect people from the threat. That's always the theme. And the woman was like, ma'am, have you been drinking? And I was like, and at that point I woke up and went, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm asleep. Do you know what I did to him the other night? You know when you can sense a presence? Yeah. He opened his eyes and I was right there, like right nose to nose with him. And he went, oh my God, I scared the life out of him. And I then got his face like this and I squished up his face and I said, don't panic. Don't panic, but you've turned completely green. <laughs> that was it. And I fell back to sleep. He went, oh, well, thank you very much. You've woken me up now. It's freaked me out. I'm married to a lunatic. We ended series one with a brilliant bonus episode on self-care and I had a really positive, uplifting and insightful chat about being kind to yourself with the fabulous Laura Whitmore. We wanted to discuss how switching off and looking after ourselves isn't just a nice thing to do. It is absolutely essential for our body and our mind. And self-care isn't selfish or self-indulgent. It's just, it's that whole thing of putting on your life jacket first before helping anyone else with theirs. If you're not in good shape yourself, you're not going to be too much use to anyone else 
Laura had brilliant stuff to say about how to set boundaries and how the smallest acts of self-care can really make a huge difference, especially if you're having a bad day. How we have to learn to listen to what we need because so often we, and I'm going to say here that I think this is especially true of women, prioritise everybody else and try to live up to other people's expectations. I recommend you light some candles, run yourself a bath, have a listen. I feel like I'm a bit of a a people pleaser. Like, I hate letting people down. But sometimes you just say, Oh, you've got to. Yeah. Well, I have deals with some of my friends, Joanne being one of them, where like we can cancel on each other at a moment's notice and it's totally fine. And nothing's said about it. And I think my Auntie Naomi's the same. I think that like having deals like that with people, because sometimes you wake up and you're like, I feel stressed. I feel anxious. I don't have time for this. And it's okay to just say, You know what? I'm just going to think of myself. And like, I used to do things in lockdown, like, I used to walk to the coffee shop like that was 15 minutes away, get a coffee and walk back, even though I have a really good coffee machine at home because that was Laura's time away outside the house. Yeah. I didn't even particularly want the coffee, if I'm honest. And I recognised how important that was for me working from home when I come back having been out. The same with at home with a child, that it's really important that I kind of have those little things that, that I can do. And that is it, the end of our Series 1 Best Bits Roundup. I really hope you enjoyed listening to or re-listening to some of our favourite moments from our first series. I'd like to thank you so much again for supporting Taboo Talk by Boots. It's been a real privilege hosting this new podcast, which I really believe is helping to break down taboos while providing tips, information and a few much needed laughs. Watch out for Series 2, which will be coming soon. And we have some amazing guests lined up. We've got Ollie Locke, Melanie. Anderson, Amy Horace, Fern McCann, Hugo Monier, Lisa Snowden, Megan Barton Hansen, and Roman and Martin Kemp. We are going to be tackling some huge subjects, including male mental health, chronic pain, fertility, sexual health, incontinence, and menopause. Here is a little teaser of what's to come. Incontinence, I did associate with the elderly. I didn't know a lot about it. So I was like, this isn't right. Like, I was joking with my friends the other week and uh, you're telling me they're weeing themselves in the middle of a gym class. No, so I think for me, that was the moment. But then my first dance was doing the samba and it's like isolated hip movements in your lower back. I have no movement in my lower back. By the way, uh, I mean, you can ask Craig Revel Horwood, he will tell you I have no hip movement as well. The therapist will tell you that there is a whole nother pandemic that's going on and that is completely and utterly depression-led, anxiety-led, everything. When I've been at my lowest point, it's like I'm just, my brain is beating me up. The only way I can describe it, it's like everything that is like the tiniest little bit bad is magnified. My naivety at the beginning, thinking, well, let's just throw the vote in it. Let's just do everything we possibly can, see the best of the best people and whatever. We did, and it still didn't work. When you've got a new partner, you don't want to use the same sex toy you're using with your ex, do you know what I mean? (laughs) Get rid of the bad memories, get rid of the ex, (laughs) and let's get some new fun ones. (laughs) So this is the, the new phase of a woman's life is your second spring, and that is hugely celebrated. It's almost like you're put on a pedestal, but here, you know, you're not. Pretty exciting. Please don't forget to rate, review and to subscribe to Taboo Talk on whichever platform you listen to your podcast on. It really does help spread the word. <laughs>